welcome to Reimagine Hybrid Work, a Data for Betterment Foundation podcast. I'm your host, Maribel Lopez. I'm the founder of Lopez Research and the nonprofit, the Data for Betterment Foundation. The foundation's mission is to help individuals and companies prepare for the future of work by understanding how technology will change business and careers. If you like this episode, please visit reimaginehybridwork.com for links to follow the show on your favorite app and subscribe to our weekly newsletter for additional show content and articles. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Maribel Lopez and my blog on lopezresearch.com. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez and it is 2023 and a lot is going on right now. And I'm really excited to be joined here today with Venkat Nagaswamy. He is the Chief Marketing Officer at Mitel and he's responsible for Mitel's global marketing efforts. That includes things like demand generation, field marketing, corporate brand and analyst relations. It's a large purview, but I feel that more and more marketing uh, professionals are being asked to do double, triple time duty. Uh, prior to joining Mitel, he was the global vice president of marketing at 8x8. He was also the co-founder and CEO of Mariana, a AI and marketing technology company. And he's also held positions at Juniper Networks and McKinsey Company. Nikat, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Maribel. Looking forward to talking to you. This is my first first podcast of the year, so really excited about doing this. All right, let's do it right. Let's do it proud. So, yeah. you know, obviously we've seen a lot of change in the workplace over the past several years. And I thought maybe we could start off uh, with a lightweight topic, like what do you see as the important themes and trends in 2023? All right, so... <clears throat> If you look at the past couple of years, uh, uh, it's more of a, so I would say there are certain secular trends that have been going on for a long time. And then there are a couple of things that have changed the uh, picture. Um, it's it's a, almost a cliche now to say that uh, uh, COVID has accelerated uh, uh, the digital transformation, but that's true. But digital transformation had been going on for a longer time. What COVID uh, and and to a, to a different extent, the, the Russian attacks and other geopolitical situation has brought in recently is, uh, first, let's talk about COVID. COVID, when COVID first hit, people initially had to deploy something. And so you need to get something on the line and you got going. Now we're getting into a situation where people are saying, okay, this hybrid work is the new normal. How do we now incorporate it into our everyday world and, and optimize the infrastructure that we have? So to give you an example, right, so my wife, uh, teachers at City College in San Francisco, her uh, uh, when they switched on, they immediately needed to go work on Zoom for Zoom classes. But internally, for their collaboration, they have uh, Microsoft Teams, and then they have phone systems which are yet different. And all of these things needed to quickly come up to speed for COVID. Now they're like, well, how can we bring it all together into one solution that makes it easy for everybody else? And Zoom was standing separately from their normal business process of classes and how do you grade and so on and so forth. Now, how do you bring that, right? So that's what a lot of people are finding now, the new normal and how to optimize for the new normal and to work your business process in a way that makes the digital transformation work for you. The second piece uh, that's new is with uh, geopolitical tensions that are going on, right? 
um, specifically saw Ukraine, and that's now added sensitivities in, in other parts of the world. For a lot of our customers, so something like 56% of our business comes from international, predominantly from Western Europe. A lot of questions that they get asked is around data privacy, data security, data residency, and so on, right? Vivian and I were in a, a mug, Michael user group. One question that came up from a board member uh, there is to say, hey, when uh, a state actor uh, attacks uh, Azure, how are you going to maintain your whatever it is that they're doing, right? So these geopolitical tensions of heightened security concerns, and between COVID and this, people are now need to have a more resilient infrastructure that can accommodate all of these different things in addition to the other pressures that we've had for a long time in, uh, in digital transformation. So moving ahead, that's what I see. How do you adjust to the new normal and how do you adjust to a, a different geopolitical situation and, and become more resilient for uh, in light of these two things? I fully agree. You know, you basically are picking up on the shift between we had to deploy something to how do we deploy the right things? Exactly. How do we deploy the right things? And then how do we make sure that we have the management and security around those to feel confident that we can run our workplace no matter what happens? And those are two critical concerns that we're seeing happening. From where you sit, you speak with many different customers. What are some of your best-in-class customers doing uh, or how are they approaching communications, collaboration, employee engagement was a big term of 2022. I think it will be in 2023. What are you seeing there? I'm going to put this in a bit of a historical context. So business communications, you arguably started off with pigeons and, and letters on pigeons, right? Uh, and messengers running between different things. And telephones came in and they got incorporated into, uh, into communications. One of the first business processes that started getting automated, if you will, uh, a lot of this has to do with like contact centers and how contact centers, how phones and other things came into contact centers. And if you look at what happened in contact center, call centers, call centers and contact centers, broadly speaking, uh, how they've incorporated technology into that is an instructive of everything else that's going to happen, right? How they've brought in like using presence to uh, take care of workforce management, using, you know, looking at different channels and how do you manage different channels in a seamless way. And so those kinds of trends that happen in the contact center, which arguably have been going on for 30, 40 years with Genesis and all these other tools that are there, are now coming into other spaces as well. And what I mean by that is with digital transformation happening uh, in multiple, in everything a company does, a lot of the, uh, the activities are getting automated. Either they're getting automated or they're getting uh, uh, results are being brought into uh, digital and technology technology solutions. So like one example would be field sales or field service uh, assistance and so on and so forth. When you think about communications and so on, over the past few years we've been talking about, or 20 years we've been talking about UC, in the past, let's say, seven, eight years, 10 years, we've been talking about UCAS. Those are not just business communication. It's the entire piece where a human talks to, or human is either the originator or endpoint of a communication and how they get incorporated into the business process is the key thing. So let me illustrate what I mean by that, but with an example uh, with nurses. Now, nurses in a lot of places carry our our uh, device with them. Now, you don't want them to have all the solution on their respective phones because of privacy, HIPAA rules, and so on and so forth. And so you, they have our phones with them. Now, with having their phones, 
similar to what I was saying about contact center detecting presence, now the phones can detect presence depending on which part of the hospital they're there. And the workforce management system that the hospital has can then direct nurses to a different place where they're required and if, if people are in one place. So this usage of technology communications into your business process to create an experience for your employees or for your customers, that is the uh, is what great people are doing. And this is where with digital transformation happening in everything, uh, more and more of these processes are going to get automated, more and more are going to get digitized. And therefore, this imperative to incorporate human communications into that continues and will become more and more so. And that, I think, is the trend that's going to happen for the next 10, 20 years. Uh, and let's see what happens. I think you're picking up on something that's so important, and that's really thinking about instead of uh, generic experiences, more purpose-built experiences for roles and users. And this is some of what we're talking about when we talk about this new trend towards employee experience. How do we create better employee experiences? We get the tools to be more integrated with the role and the workflows that they're experiencing. So I think that's really powerful. It kind of changes changes the game for a lot of companies. You, you picked up on some of the changes that are going on in contact center, and we're seeing that you know contact centers in the past several years really became the face of a brand for a lot of companies and are making and breaking the company's CX strategy, basically. So what are some of the key shifts that you're seeing in that space? So these are uh, not necessarily new, but these are things that we've been seeing. Number one is I'm going to talk about three things like Omnichannel, Analytics, and AI. I think those are the three big ones. And I've saved AI for the last because I could keep talking about that forever. So number one, Omnichannel, quite frankly, I haven't seen uh, anybody do omnichannel extremely well. It, how to uh, create an omnichannel experience for a customer wherein the customer state is transferred seamlessly across uh, different platforms becomes very, uh, is, is not a solved problem in my view. Uh, so for instance, classic example a lot of us have dealt with is you're on, uh, on Amazon's uh, or whatever chat pod, you're talking, not chat pod, chat machine talking to some human being and you want to escalate it to a phone call and then you, the, the context doesn't get transferred seamlessly. I know people are trying to answer it, but the context is not getting seamlessly transferred within seconds or minutes before the call is answered, right? So omnichannel is still, in my view, a key issue. And by the way, I think there are two uh, dimensions to the problem with omnichannel. One is a data issue and the other one is an experience issue. How do you transfer the experience seamlessly and how do you transfer the data seamlessly in real time? And those two things, I think, are not uh, solved problems yet. So that's uh, omnichannel. Second one is analytics. Now, a lot of people do analytics as a groundwork to go to AI. I would say you can get like 80, 90% of your value that you might get from an AI by just putting normal, quote unquote, analytics, right? And by that, I mean just counting, just counting normal stuff. Who do you call? How many calls are transferred? How many bounces do you have? It's just basic counting is a, is a big I think it solves like 80, 90% of problems, even before you get to AI. Uh, and of course, AI, I think it's an important, uh, is going to be another trend for another 10, 20 years, as everybody says. My startup that I did uh, was an AI for marketing company, and we did a lot of work on semantic understanding of texts, and we use deep learning, which is what's uh, taking off right now. And so this was close to my heart uh, uh, for me specifically. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of things that you can do with AI, but but uh, I think uh, I think those are the, those are the three trends that we see right now: omnichannel analytics and AI, and uh, and that's what's going to make a difference in the short term and over the long term as well. 
First of all, I fully agree with you on the omni-channel discussion. We've been talking about omni-channel forever. You could go pull research reports off the shelf from a decade ago that we're talking about omni-channel and we're still getting there. But one of the things I think is so inspiring about it is that each year we get better technology to do this. And then uh-huh. to your point, we're starting to add data into workflows, which we didn't do before, right? We have new data, we're adding more data into workflows, and that gets you into workflows actually are starting to have analytics embedded in them. And that first level analytics really changes what people do in their day-to-day. We get the supersized moment of adding AI into it to really come up with things that are predictive and prescriptive and take experiences to the next level. So I'm, I'm excited to see where we're going with it. Although we're still in, in baby steps, it really speaks to the technology is ready now. Yeah. We, we've been talking about it for a long time, but like you can go out, you can buy it today, you can deploy it, you can do exactly what you said. You can start picking off the low-hanging fruit and make things happen. And then everything doesn't have to be one of these big AI portfolios where you feel it's going to take, you know, five years and a bunch of data scientists to go make something happen. You can do things today. And that's where the real power in this comes in. Absolutely. Now, I'm just going to give you an instance. So this I implemented in 8x8 as an, an instance of uh, AI that's that for customer service. So you get customer service calls, but the account managers and the CSMs often wouldn't get the what happened in that very easily, right? So what we had implemented uh, at eight was to listen to the calls, automatically detect the sentiment, and then automatically send a, a, a CTA, call, call to action, within um, Gainsight, and that reduced churn by 33%, due to slow. And we implemented this in like, I don't know, four to six weeks or so. And so it's not, uh, uh, and this by using like official components, official APIs that you can buy from uh, Google and so on. So, to, to reinforce the point that you're making, it's not about like this big back thing, the small steps that you could take to incorporate it in, within your uh, workflow to create a better experience for the customer. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is, you've seen a lot. As we're approaching 2023, since we're at the beginning of 2023, what do you think companies should be doing differently? Maybe it's something they're doing today that they need to do more of. Maybe it's something that they haven't thought of, but... What do you think would really help companies take it to the next level? Um, especially with uh, AI and new technologies coming in, what we need to be focused on is the business process and experience and then think about technology later. Now, as a founder of companies and as working in technology, technology is close to my heart, but creating experiences about is not about just deploying technology. It's starting with the experiences and starting with business process, working our way back into technology and especially when new sexy technologies like AI comes in, we tend to pivot on, on uh, the AI first, right? So, for instance, right now, the big buzzword in the Valley is, uh, is generative AI with, uh, uh, with chat GPT and so on. Now, you, I'm not to say that you cannot deploy it, and chat GPT is a great thing, and I really love it, and I do think it's going to displace uh, 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 search and how they uh, do it in the future is going to be super important. However, before we all figure out how to use ChatGPT, there are simple things that you could do with AI that creates a better experience for your customer uh, than trying to go for the bigger ones, right? So going back to your earlier question around like the point around like starting off small, I would say similarly, I would say start off on an experience, start off on a business process, figure out how you want to change it, and then pick the right tools and technology for it. AI might be a part of it, maybe it's not. 
selecting the right tool for the task has always been a challenge. And I think that the reality is we're understanding it's a portfolio of things and you deploy different things at different times. And there are big ways and smaller ways to get started with AI. Sometimes AI really look, just looks like advanced analytics. And sometimes AI starts to have a much broader cadence of the types of data it's pulling in and what it would do in terms of automation or other things. So a lot of opportunity for us. Absolutely. And I, I guess we're we're getting to that point in the podcast um, where you know, we just talked a little bit about advice. So I think what I'm going to do is just shift us into what I call the bonus question. Yeah, yeah. Unless you have another piece of advice you'd like to leave organizations. So is there a book, a podcast, an activity, or a place you'd like to recommend to the audience and why? So let me pick one uh, tech-related within the context of what we've been talking about. And this is actually a book that came out, I want to say 30 years ago. It's called The One-to-One Future. I've forgotten the author's name. And this was in early say early to mid-90s, when a lot of these technologies were coming to fore and these two authors had predicted uh, and talked about the future, right? And quite frankly, I think only now we're coming into doing portions of what they had talked about uh, in the book. And, uh, and, I, and I remember reading this like 25 years ago, and I was a, you know, still young man at that time. When I read the book, I thought everything was going to happen within the next three years, right? I was early 20s at that point. So, of course, you think that. But it's taken much longer, all the different pieces coming together. But the vision that they had laid out and the business angles that they were thinking about are, are still up like today, 30 years from now. The technologies might have changed, but how to think about things is what that book laid out. And so I think that's a, that's a great, great uh, book to read. Uh, I myself, I mean, I, I love to read, and I'm married to a, a professor and a writer, and so we, uh, our our home is full of uh, uh, books and reading uh, all the time. And on a completely different note, I would say there's this graphic no- novel, uh, which is called like, "Best That We Can Do," "Best That We Could Do," and it's a it's a graphic novel, and it's probably one of the best fiction uh, stuff that I've read in the past year or so. So that's a that's a my other completely non-business related suggestion for people to read. Wonderful. I love both of those suggestions. And I want to thank you for being on the podcast today. And I look forward to seeing what you and Mindhome build next. Thank you. Thank you for having me and uh, happy new year. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please visit reimaginehybridwork.com to subscribe to the show and the newsletter. Until next time, wishing you all of the best in everything in life and in technology.